I'm pulling away from the curb. We all know what that means. It's time to rather drive to work. And I had to drop my kids off at school. Okay, well, today, today I go to the airport. Because today I'm going to London for the Mythic Championship 2 slash Magic Fest London. Um, so I'm a, so the next podcast you'll hear from me will be me telling all about my time at uh, the Mythic Championship and at Magic Fest. And, um, but I thought since today I was going to leave, I'd do a little behind the scenes stuff and talk a little bit about all the stuff that goes into working um, somewhere else, like working on the job. And so um, there's, there's some travel on this job, um, less so than I... I, I so real quickly, uh, once upon a time, when I first started this job back in 1995, I did a lot of travel, a lot of travel. Um, the th- I, like 90, summer of 96, I was only in the office three weeks of the whole summer. I just went everywhere. Um, but eventually, I met my wife, uh, and we started dating, and so I traveled a little less. And then I had my, we, had our, we got married, I traveled a little less, we got our first child, I traveled even less. And then when my twins were born, I struck a deal with my wife that said I would travel twice a year. Um, and one of those usually these days is to San Diego where I run the, the panel. Uh, and the other is a floating uh, thing where I go wherever, wherever, I, I, wherever I want to slash other people really would like me to go. So one of the things is, uh, in Wizards, they're aware that I only travel twice a year, and then I go to, they know I go to Comic-Con. So the other trip, uh, every year there's sort of this, um, you know, they, they, there's some encouragement of where they'd like me to go. I mean, it's ultimately my pick where I go, but um, there's definitely, so for example, last year was, I went to Grand Prix Las Vegas, and that was, we were doing this big birthday celebration, and there were like five major Grand Prix around the world, and this was the close one, and it was going to be the biggest magic event of all time, and so they said, please, please, please go to Las Vegas, because that sounds fun, so I went to Vegas, and the year before, uh, Hasbro was, was starting its very first convention called Hascon, and they're like, oh, we want to make a big deal of Hascon, please, you know, can you please go to Hascon, I said, fine, I'll go to Hascon, um, and the year before that, I, I was at GDC. I did my talk at GDC. That, that was something I wanted to do. That was more... Uh, that was when people asking me to do this. Me going, I want to do this. Um, but anyway, I, every year I have a trip. And so originally for 2019, uh, I was going to go to the second HasCon uh, because they had said, oh, there's another HasCon. Please, please, please. It'd be really nice if you could go to HasCon. Could you please go to HasCon? Um, and so um, I said, yes. I said, okay, I'll go to HasCon. And so for 2019, that was my scheduled trip, other, other than San Diego, um, was to go to Hascon. But then it got postponed. So Hascon's now next year. So next year I'll be going to Hascon, but it got pushed back. So that means I had an, I had an open slot, um, and so I could go wherever I wanted. Um, and the interesting thing was nobody else was really, like, often there's times where there's a lot of pressure. Go, oh, please, please, can you go here? No one really said anything. So I, for the first time in a while, just like, where do I want to go? Um... Now, I haven't been to London in a while, so when I was 15, I did a trip around Europe as part of a youth group, uh, and then in 1999, I believe, was Pro Tour London, uh, Kyle Rose won that, um, I went to that, that's the last time I was in London, the only time I've been in London for, on business was Pro Tour London, um, so I haven't been there in a while, in you know, 99, that's a long time ago, um, so uh, A, I was excited to go back to London, I like London, um, B, uh, I have a fondness for War of the Spark. Uh, it was going to be uh, the Mythic Championship, all about War of the Spark. Players were going to play for the first time War of the Spark. So that just seemed really exciting. Like, it seemed to be something I wanted to be part of. Um, and I have not been to Europe in a while. 
Uh, in fact, the last, I think, five years I've, I've been in the States. My second trip's been in the States just for various reasons. Um, so I thought, oh, okay. You know, um, in fact, I think my last trip outside the U.S. was to Amsterdam uh, for the Magic World Cup. Either Amsterdam or Nice. Uh, I went I went to Nice and I went to Amsterdam. Uh, well, Amsterdam, I guess, was for... Uh, was for a pro tour, I think, and I think um, I think Nice was for the Magic World Cup. Anyway, I hadn't been to Europe for a while. I like Europe, so uh, I, I opted in for this trip. So I'm very excited to go. Um, so anyway, let me talk a little bit about why. Why do we travel? Why? So first and foremost, one of the things that Wizard of the Coast has actually been one of the pioneers in is what we call organized play. Um, one of the things that we figured out really early on was. You know, if we want to be a game and we want to have, you know, like, one of the most important things about a game is that you have people to play with. And, yeah, maybe you have friends, you know, uh, hopefully hopefully you have friends. And who, I mean, friends who also play Magic. I, I believe you have friends. Um, hopefully you have friends that also play Magic and maybe you guys play at your houses or whatever. But for some people, they don't have friends that play Magic. Um, or they have friends that play, but they want to be more competitive, and the friends don't want to be as competitive. You know, they, they don't have a way to play where they, the way they want to play where they want to play. And so one of the things that we decided very early on was we wanted to have a robust organized play system. Um, uh, and a lot of that was centered in game stores. We do a lot working with the local game stores to, you know, run all sorts of things, Friday Night Magic and a variety of different things. Um, over the years, we've had all sorts of different programs that are run through the stores. Um, but, um, so way back in 1996, um, so Scaff Elias, um, who was one of the original playtesters, one of the East Coast playtesters that designed Antiquities and uh, Fallen Empires and Ice Age and Alliances, um, Scaff was l- watching other sports, you know, looking at how other things, and said that... You, there really needs to be an aspirational part of it. Uh, and so Scaff was the one that really pushed for the idea of having a pro tour. So the pro tour was Scaff's, Scaff's baby. Um, and when I first got to Wizards, um, I had done a lot of organized play when I lived in Los Angeles because I was writing for Wizards for the Duelist and stuff. And because of that, I had advanced knowledge of the cards. For example, I would do puzzles, but I needed to know the cards so that the latest puzzle had the latest cards in it. Um, so it required me knowing things ahead of time, and because of that, I couldn't play in sanctioned tournaments. And because I couldn't play in sanctioned tournaments, I decided the way I would get involved was judging. So I used to help judge events. Um, so when I found out that SCAF was starting up a pro tour, I was very interested, and so I asked to be the liaison between R&D and um, the pro tour, and, and SCAF said yes. So I was, for the first, um, well first eight years of the Pro Tour, I went to, uh, when I say every Pro Tour, I think I skipped one for my daughter's birth, but I mean, I went to every, almost every uh, Pro Tour for the first eight years. Um, the reason I stopped at eight years is that's when my twins were born, uh, and that's when I cut back. I, the last series of travels I did before my twins were born, I, I used to go to the Pro Tours. That was my travel for the year. I'd go to the Pro Tours, um, which was four or five events. Uh, and then, once the twins were born, I went down to two events, so I stopped going to Pro Tours. Usually, I would go to Worlds back then, back when Worlds was the old school Worlds. Um, I, used to, I used to do Worlds plus one other thing. Um, and then at some point that changed over to San Diego. But anyway, um, so part of building up the system of having Pro Tours involves having big events that uh, originally we ran them. And then we started uh, over time teaching, you know, helping other people run stuff. 
Uh, and so now, for example, Wizards runs the Mythic Championships, uh, but we work with Channel Fireball, who runs all the Magic Fest slash Grand Prix. Um, but anyway, uh, so we started getting into the business of making events. Now, be aware, there's two different kinds of events that, uh, that exist. One is events we run. So that would be, uh, and when I say we run, I mean there are magic events in which it's us or a partner running it, but it's all magic. The entire thing is magic. That would be the Mythic Championship slash Pro Tour. That would be the Magic Fest Grand Prix. That would be, um, there's a series of different things we do. But basically, the idea is it's an event, and the whole event is magic. Then there's events in which we're part of the event. So a good example there might be a convention, uh, like San Diego Comic Con is a fine example, where, um, uh, in fact, we don't even have a booth, but Hasbro has a booth, and then we have part of Hasbro's booth. So our booth there is sort of part of, we share part of Hasbro's booth. Um, they have a giant booth. And um, so some events, we don't run the event. We're very a part of the event. Um, events that we run, obviously, we, there's a lot more that goes on. There's more people that get sent. There's a lot more moving pieces. Events that somebody else runs, we just worry about our, our component of it. Usually, for example, if we're at a convention, we have a booth. And then, okay, here's what our booth's doing. And, you know, we'll organize the booth itself. Um, but anyway, we have been doing events since, basically since 1994. I guess the first world championship was the first event we ever ran. That was at, uh, in Milwaukee at Gen Con in 1994. That's the one that Zach Dolan beat for trying to stray to be the first magic world championship, uh, world champion. Um, so anyway, one of the things is we have really gotten good at producing events. It's something we do. We have a whole department that does it. Um, I have been to infinite magic events. I've been to a lot of magic events. I don't, I don't even know how many. Uh, a lot. Uh, anyway, so let's talk a little bit about sort of why, why all the travel stuff exists. So first off, we run a lot of events. For starters, we, the, we, the company, Wizards of the Coast, run a lot of events. So obviously, we need to send staff to do that. Now, in any event that we run, there are staff that get sent, and there also are, well, there's like, three people. There is staff that's wizard staff, there is paid um, contributors or um, contractors, people who come and work. They're not Wizards employees, but they're paid by us. Uh, and then there are volunteers, the people that come and volunteer their time. Um, and all the events we run are a mix of Wizards people and contractors, paid contractors and volunteers. Um, it is a very robust system. Um, running events is a very complex thing to do. Um, and as you'll see as I, I get into this, there's a lot of moving pieces. So part of going uh, out of town is there's a lots of things that you have to do. And so um, it is something that's very, um, you know, it's, 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 it's something that is, has a lot more moving. Like if we're doing our job correctly, when you show up at the event, the event just runs smoothly and it's awesome. And that's great. And from, for you, the consumer, it should just be a smoothly run awesome event. But behind the scenes, there's a lot of moving pieces and a lot of things that go on. Um, so let's talk a little bit about R&D. Um, now, obviously, there's people that run the events. There's people who their job it is is to make events happen. For example, um, Scott Larrabee runs tournaments, and he's been running tournaments for a long, long, long time. Um, I actually know Scott. Back when I used to live in Los Angeles, I used to play at a place called the Costa Mesa Women's Center, which was down in Costa Mesa, which is about an hour south of Los Angeles. And it was the hot spot on Saturday night is where you went to play Magic. And... Um, Scott used to run that. Anyway, I, I, learned, I, I met Scott back there. Now, Scott would, many, many years ago, 20 plus years ago, 
come to Wizards, and I've known Scott for a long time. But anyway, Scott go, does a lot of traveling. He runs events, and that's what he does. Um, now, R&D, our job is not to run events. Our job is to make the cards. Um, but one of the things that we believe in R&D is that it's very important for R&D members to be able to go on, um, to go to events. So once again, let me divide up. There are two different kinds of responsibilities you could have at events. What I will call an active responsibility and a little more passive responsibility. So an active responsibility is you are doing some function. For example, back in the day when I used to go to the Pro Tours, I was in charge of the feature matches and I was in charge of production on the final day. So that was my job. I did those tasks. That is what I did. And I would get up early in the morning uh, and I'd have to be there probably an hour before the players showed up. And I was there until it, we were done and helped wrap up. And it was a, a long days. You know, I was getting up at 8 a.m. and getting done at 8 p.m. or sometimes even later. Um, that was active. That's an active job. Passive is that you're going and you're observing and you're learning. Like one of the things that a lot of R&D does is we have more passive jobs. It's our jobs to go and observe. You know, how's the format working? What are players thinking about? You know, how's limited working? How's constructed working? You know, are there, how, how do players like the latest set? You know, just while we get a lot of feedback on social media, and that's, that's very valid and very good feedback, um, there's something very different about being in person. There's um, face-to-face communications is something that just provides you with some stuff that's hard to get online. There's a lot of nuance and emotion and things that it's hard to get in words that you can really get when interacting with somebody. Also, there's a, um, the type of person who is online is different than some of the people that will show up in person. I mean, there's overlap, but um, it also just lets you meet a different kind of magic player. Um, you get to meet sometimes with people that are a little more casual. You know, the people that get on social media every day, they're very much about part of the online community. That's a very, very enfranchised player. Um, and there's a lot of players that really enjoy magic that, you know, they don't necessarily live magic every single day, but it is something that, oh, there's a big event, I'm going to go to the, to the, to the Grand, Prix, Grand Prix, and, um, you know, that I, I get to meet a lot of players at very di- various levels. Um, but anyway, the, the role, of, most of the time the role of an R&D person coming to an event is not that you're working any one particular thing, um, although there are things that you will do like, for example, sometimes we'll run a panel. Sometimes we'll do what we call spell slinging, where people can play against you. Um, sometimes I'll sign autographs. Um, you know, there's a bunch of different things that we can do where we interact with players. So it's not as if we don't have things to do. I mean, there are actively things we do. But a lot of our jobs going there is more to sort of interact and interface with people and, and come back. And one of the things we always do when we come back from an event is R&D has what we call the Tuesday Magic Meetings. Every Tuesday we get together to talk magic. Usually um, at the Tuesday Magic Meeting after an event, um, the people who are at the event will talk a little bit about the event, how things went, what we learned, if we learned anything about format or about whatever we learned, you know, just sort of sharing the lessons. And um, we find it to be pretty valuable. Uh, the other thing, it's, it's a nice... One of the things about working on a game is that there is a real... Um, Getting to see the audience enjoy the thing you worked on is a very powerful thing, and it's something that we like all at R&D to sort of get some experience in, and that just going somewhere where um, you know people are excited to meet you, and they're excited about what you do, and you know, it, it is a very, um, one of the things that's important about any job is you want to be filled, and you want to be happy, and, and there's something really, really fulfilling about seeing people playing the game that you worked on. Um, 
And so R&D tries really hard to get as many of uh, R&D as possible to various events during the course of the year. Um, usually the way that works out is um, we will make, a, usually early in the year, they'll make a list of here's all the events or the, the major events that are coming up this year. Usually like, here's all the here's all the Mythic Championships and here's all the, the Magic Fest that we're sending somebody to. Um, and who, who would like to go? And the idea is trying to let as many people as possible get a chance. And so usually each person in R&D will travel to at least one event a year, ideally. Um, the, uh, I, I'm, in a, I'm in a nice spot because I don't travel a lot uh, and there's a lot of requests for, my, for, my, for me to come. Um, I, I, have a lot of, I have a lot more flexibility where pretty much if I'd like to go to an event, just because I don't go to that many events... Um, Usually, I can just say, I'd like to go to this event. Like, We'd love to have you at that event just because um, I have a high profile and people are excited to meet me. So um, usually, any event that I, I say I'd like to go, it, it's the reverse. It's uh, more often they want me to go and me not wanting to go just because I, I, I promised my wife. Uh, so whenever I'm, I, because I, I just don't offer to go all that many places, when I do, uh, I pretty much have a lot of state where I want to go. So that's nice. Um, so anyway, people tend to sign up and... Um, uh, there are a few people, by the way, they'll end up with act, a, active jobs, like uh, Paul Tian, for example, does commentary, so he goes to all the events because he's doing p- part of the commentary and such. Um, and so, so for example, uh, right now in R&D for London, um, so Aaron Forsyth, my boss, he's going. Um, Dave Humphreys, who was the set designer, I was the vision designer, he, I was the lead vision designer, he was the lead set designer of um, War of the Spark. And so, this is our baby. So Dave and I wanted to go because we wanted to see how it did. Um, Paul Chian obviously is working, he's doing commentary. And then Brian Hawley is one of our uh, managers of the play design team. And I know play design spent a lot of time on this set and he was very interested to see how, you know, just from some play design issues about how the set is doing because a set with 36 Planeswalkers had some challenges and, you know, play design worked really hard on it. So he just wanted to go to see how that was playing out. Um, so anyway, uh, R&D, for this particular trip is sending five people. Um, it varies, like, like I said, Paul, for example, is be working it. You know, so how many people we send depends a lot on the roles and stuff. Um, but we really, really think it's important for people to sort of have the opportunity to do, you know, it's valuable for us. We think it's good for the players. Uh, what we found is the players really like interacting with R&D. And um, so one of the things that happens in when you're R&D is usually there's some stuff set up so you can interact directly with the public. Uh, the most common thing we do is called spell slinging. Uh, previously called gunslinging, but we, we we're, uh, we're we're planeswalkers, so we spell sling. Um, the idea of spell slinging is we sit there and play people uh, with magic. We we sit and play, and normally we'll have a bunch of different decks to play. Um, uh, my plan this time is I want to play a lot of limited because I uh, um, I'm interested to play because it's 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 going to be the pre-release. Uh, it's a pre-release weekend, so I'm interested in playing a lot of people. I'm, I'm going to make my, my own pre-release and play with people. So, anyway, um, so usually you're scheduled to do that. Um, some people, like me, sometimes will do autograph stuff or we'll sign things or take pictures and stuff. Um, uh, often at, uh, at events, we'll have panels. Um, so, th- there are two types of panels. One is what I'll call a presentational panel, where we're giving information. Uh, for example, at both uh, for Battle for Zendikar and for Kaladesh, we did big events at PAX, which happens to be in, in Seattle, but still, it was a big event. And 
Um, we did big presentations. So, like, both of those, like, for Battle of Zendikar, I was on the stage with Will Whedon. Um, for, um, we had a different kind of thing uh, for Kaladesh. But anyway, each of those, there was a presentation. That was something in which we prepared and practiced and scripts were written and we, and we, you know, we have slides. And, like, those are well-rehearsed and well-carefully crafted. So when it's time to do the presentation, you know, we're not winging it. We, we know what we're doing. Um, the other kind of stuff we tend to do, uh, and this is kind of like what I do at San Diego, is Q&A. Like, like, we're not preparing. We're going to get there. You're going to ask us questions. We're going to answer your questions. Um, and those don't require quite as much prep because we don't know what is going to be said. Sometimes we will give some information, like some San Diego's when I'm able to, I start by saying, hey, let me share something with you you don't know. And then we go to questions. Uh, it just depends what I have. So... Um, sometimes if there's a little bit of prep, we'll, we'll go through that and make sure the slides work and stuff. But, um, yeah, so it, it depends. So if you're going to go somewhere and you know that it's, um, going to have a panel, there might be preparations for that. Uh, if, if you're even on any panel, sometimes there's panels where, right, they're Q&A type stuff where you at least figure out who's going to be on it and when it is and where it is and you, you plan for that. Um, other things that sometimes happen is when we go to like a Mythic Championship, there's video coverage. And so often some of us will do interviews or do segments. Uh, like a classic one I did when I was in, uh, I think it was Barcelona, is it was the 20th anniversary of Magic. Uh, so it must have been in uh, uh, 2013. Um, and the, uh, I did a segment where in 20 minutes I talked about the 20 years of Magic. I did one minute per year, and it was a 20-minute segment where I talked about the 20 years of Magic. Um, it's still on YouTube if you want to watch it. Um, but anyway, so sometimes there's stuff like that where it's sort of, you know, like things we think are interesting that aren't, you know, that are, there's a lot of downtime at the Mythic Championship. So um, anyway, I, I often will do video stuff like that. Okay, so let's say I'm going to go on a trip. So I want to go on a trip. Behind the scenes, what, what, what's got to happen? So first off, um, you have to get permission to go on the trip. Um, sometimes people come to you like, for, for me, sometimes people come to me and say, we want you on this trip, and then it's just a matter of saying yes, and then I, I, I don't have to figure who's paying for it. The person asking me is paying for it. Um, sort of behind the business scene, is you have to get what's called cost center, which is somebody's got to pay for your, your travel and your expenses, and so you have to clear it ahead of time and make sure that whoever is going to pay for it okays, because if they don't okay it, then you don't get a go. Um, like I said, not this one. Getting the okay for me is, is relatively easy, but... Um, Part one, you have to get that. And so it may be R&D's paying for the trip, maybe uh, Magic Brand, or different people can be paying for the trip. Um, then uh, you have to get travel. Um, way back in the day, we used to have a travel department, and you would just say, I need to go here, and they would figure everything out, and they would talk with you. Now you, you do a lot of your own um, scheduling. There's a portal, uh, and you go on the portal, and you find stuff and look at times, and then... Uh, there's people who can help you if you need help. There's like a service we have, but most of the time you just sort of book it yourself. Um, and then um, uh, once you get your ticket, uh, and, and there's parameter. I mean, there's parameters and things about what you can and can't book. And um, you have some flexibility if you like a certain airline and that airline's going there. You, know, you have frequent flyer miles on a certain airline. Uh, there's some flexibility. The way the travel works is there's a budget basically, and you can sort of. Anything up to that budget, you're free to do. You don't even ask permission. And then if you go over the budget, then you have to start asking, is it okay if I do thing X or thing Y? And depending on why you're doing that, um, you can, you know, you can get the override stuff sometimes if, you know, I'm over, but I'm only over a little bit and here's why. And, you know, um, you, you can get them to make exceptions. 
Um, so one shoe book. Okay, the next thing is clothing. Okay, so uh, if you are at it, well, once again, there's two types of events here. Uh, there's formal events where there's staff, and it's large enough that there's a staff there, and then there's a staff outfit, a uniform, uh, which mostly usually is some sort of a wizard shirt, usually a polo shirt that has the magic logo on it, and then whatever pants you want. Uh, you can wear jeans as long as they're looking nice, um, or slacks or whatever. Um, mostly it's just you want all this, we want all the staff to look similar so you get who the staff are. And we have, uh, so the way it works is, um, they want you to have the latest logo. It's a big deal if you are dressed and not in the, they want all the staff wearing the same shirt and so they need to be the same logo, needs to be the latest logo. Um, Magic logo uh, and Wizards logos have changed over the years. Uh, I have a closet full of shirts of old Magic and Wizards logos. And so anyway, for this trip, during Dominaria, we changed the logo. Uh, uh, with the release of Magic Arena and Dominaria sort of combined, we released this new logo. Not, it's not the logo that's on the back of the cards anymore. And even that logo, we had changed many times before. Um, it's kind of funny. So the logo on the back of the cards has, is blue. And many, many, many years ago, we changed it from blue to yellow. So it was the same. It looked the same, but it was yellow instead of blue. And it's funny how many people, when you said the logo is different than the back of the card, like, what do you mean? Like, it's a different color. And like, really? And like, look at the back of the card. Now look at the box. One is blue, one is yellow. And people just, it's very interesting. They, they didn't notice. Now the back is a different font. You know, so it's very clear it's a different, it's a different logo. But anyway. Um, so in order to go to an event, you need to have a shirt. Uh, or, or actually, not just a shirt. You need all your logo wear to be the right. So we have this cool thing where there's this um, catalog you get. And there's... I don't know, like 20 different kinds of clothes. There's like polo shirts and pullovers and there's jackets and there's sweaters and all sorts of stuff. And you can get whatever you want. Um, and once again, there's a budget and stuff, but you can get whatever you want um, as, as provided the person in your cost center pays for it. Um, so for example, for this trip, I, I needed to get three polo shirts because I'm working three days. Um, so the, the Mythic Championship is going to be Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I guess the um, Magic Fest started on Thursday, uh, but I'm not getting there until Thursday, so I will not be there until Friday. So this is a three-day event for me. Um, but anyway, I needed three shirts and then I needed a new jacket because the jacket I had is an old wizard's jacket that just had an old logo. So I, I'm now wearing my brand new magic jacket. Uh, it has the new magic logo. So if you see me in London, uh, or, or if you saw me in London, it's the magic jacket. Um, so, um, you need to get all, all your, all your, uh, outfits and make sure that's all, all well and good. Okay. Um, next is what we call the pre-con. Uh, so I think con stands for convention. I, I think pre-con means pre-convention, although we use it to do any, any event, not just conventions per se. Um, so what a pre-con is, is everybody that's going to the event gets together in one room uh, and we walk through all the issues of what's going to go at that event. Um, so there's a bunch of things that we do. So first off, um, and I, these aren't in any particular order, um, first off, we identify who's going. So you, you learn who all is going to be there and what are the responsibilities for each person. And if you need this, where do you, who do you go to? And so there's, there's a personnel part of just understanding. Um, we also generate a sheet where we get, we get phone numbers and stuff. So it's like, oh, if you need to reach this person, this is the phone number. Um, so one of the things that's important is if something goes wrong, here's the person you talk with. Now, let me give you a real quick behind the scenes is something always goes wrong. I've never been in an event where everything that was supposed to happen happened exactly the way. Now, sometimes the things are minor. It's not a big deal. Sometimes they're major. Um, but the role of us running the event is to make the 
to the end consumer seem like, oh my God, nothing went wrong. This was a smooth event. Um, and it's funny from watching behind the scenes how often things like how often we're able to sort of correct for stuff behind the scenes so that on the surface nothing ever seemed wrong. Um, and anyway, it, it's there. Uh, we'll see whether I have any time for stories today. But uh, there, there are definitely um, there is numerous. And sometimes, by the way, things go wrong, and, and it, it's not a secret. Like uh, the very first Pro Tour, because of the weather, we had to start late. Uh, there was a pro tour in, I think, Valencia that flooded, and they had to stop because of a flood. Um, you know, sometimes you have you have things that go wrong that are, um, I mean, there's no hiding it; it's gone wrong. And other times, you know, there's events where something happens, and you know, um, the the site's supposed to provide something they didn't provide, or you know, there's supposed to be some access to something. Um, what's really common when you're at shows that aren't your own show is you're promised something by someone and then they don't deliver on that and you just don't, you know, you're supposed to be in this room and you show up in that room for an event and there's another thing also booked in that room and stuff like that. So anyway, um, so at the pre-con, we go through all the people, you understand who's doing what and where you need to go. Um, it's like for, for me, for example, um, one of the things that I do at events is I do a lot of um, interviews. So I'm one of the spokespeople for the game. Um, so there is uh, corp, what we call Core Press and Mass Media. Core Press are people who write about magic, uh, magic websites, or, or, or people who do videos. The people that are they they are, they are all about magic, and that's the core of Core Press. And then the Mass Media is oh well, the local paper. We're in London. Well, the London Times, or whatever the local London paper is, is going to come and wants to interview us. So. Um, for the core press, I do a lot of interviews just because I'm one of the most well-known magic people who work at Wizards. And so when I'm at the event, they say, oh, do you want to talk to Mark? Yeah. So I tend to do a lot of core press interviews. And then for mass media, I'm, tr- I'm one of the spokespeople. I'm trained. So normally when there is um, mass media, oftentimes I will talk with them just because I'm very good at making magic sound quite exciting. Uh, the secret is it is exciting. Um, so, for example, I always have to know who my PR people are because someone's going to be coordinating all that, and I need to know at each event who am I, who am I interacting with. And so, um, you know, uh, also, like back when I did the video, understanding who the director was and, you know, knowing all the components of who are you working with and who do you need to let know about stuff. And so that relationship with all the people is really important. Next, we lay out um, the event, how it's laid out. So there's always a floor plan. Um, if it's our event, there's a floor plan of the entire event showing everything and what's where and who's doing what and everything is mapped out of the location. If it's a convention, then we have a, our booth has a map. And then normally they'll have a map of, map of the whole convention to let us know kind of where we are and what else is going on at the convention. Um, but there's a lot more focus on our booth when we're at somebody else's event. When it's our event, it's the floor plan of everything and everything's mapped out. Um, and that also is the time to understand where you're going to be and what, you know, the, the places that you'll need to be understanding where they are. Um, when you get on site, you, I mean, it's one thing to see a floor plan, it's another thing to walk through it. So while you see the floor plan, you do want to walk through when you get there. Um, next, we go over schedules. Um, there's a lot of moving pieces at a magic event. There's a lot of things happening. Uh, and each person has their own different um, series of events going on. So normally what happens is we go through the schedule and talking about the major things that are happening. Uh, usually that's the master schedule. That's not including, like, if I have an interview, that's my personal thing. That's not on the master schedule. Um, 
that is that is on the PR schedule. So the master schedule tends to be the major things that are going on, uh, and then it gets broken down by smaller things. Sometimes uh, the master schedule will try to consolidate everything, but there's so many things going on, usually that's a little disconcerting. Um, but anyway, part of the pre-con meeting is walking through all the things that are going to be happening so that you have an idea. Like, for example, last year uh, in um, Vegas, there was a wedding, and I was in the wedding. I was reading the love song of Night and Day, and so just being a heads up of, of what's going on. Um, now, one of the interesting things for me is because a lot of what I do, like, um, I, a lot of my jobs are more one-on-one -on -one jobs. Like, you're doing an interview that's just you, or you're doing a panel that's just you. Um, some of those stuff tend to be when I get there, I find out some of that stuff. Like, I don't know right now. I leave today on a plane. And while I know, I know generally the things I'll be doing, like I know the kind of activities I'll be doing, I don't know my schedule yet. So like, I know I'm spell-slinging. I don't know when I'm spell-slinging. I just know that I am spell-slinging. Um, and uh, that will, I mean, as much as I can be prepped ahead of time, I will be. But some of those stuff, I'll, I'll find out when I show up. Um, the other thing is they'll walk us through our hotel and they'll walk us through the relationship between the hotel and the venue. Um, normally, we try to be as close as possible. Like in London, we are staying at the hotel next to the venue. I can walk to the venue. Most times, uh, the venue is walkable. It's very close. Uh, there have been a few times where you have to take public transportation. Uh, I was at a magic event in like Amsterdam, I don't know, five years ago. And it was far away. It was like a 15 to 20 minute ride to get there on the little train. Like, like it, it was... It was, okay, we got to figure out how to get there, and there's a map, and, you know, you have to figure out how to get there. So, normally, you want to map that out to figure that out, and a lot of the pre-con will walk through, like, where we're staying, we'll talk about, um, the other thing they tend to provide us is, here's a listing of, like, restaurants, and usually if we're visiting a city, there'll be a little bit of, if you want to travel or anything, here's some of the, the highlights of the city. Um, so, the way it works, by the way, is, uh, if you go to an event... Um, you are allowed a couple days uh, in the front to adjust, especially if there's a time change. Um, and all of that is paid by Wizards. But if you would like to spend extra time so that you can look around and do some sightseeing or something, um, Wizards will book you extra days at the hotel at the same rate. because like, Because we book so many things, we get a really good rate. Uh, and then you just pay for the days. Obviously, your trip is paid for. Your travel is paid for because you had to come anyway. And the days you're working, including a few days up front, are paid for. And then any extra days, you just have to let them know ahead of time and you cover it, you, you pay for it, but um, it's a very, very cheap way to, to travel if you want to because you know, you're just paying for the hotel, the, the hotel days for the days that you're staying, and usually it's at a reduced rate because we booked a giant block of hotel rooms. Um, and back in the day when I used to do a lot of travel, I would always, I would, I would, I would usually come three, four, five days early, like when my, my wife and my little daughter, Rachel's six months, went to Sydney, we, we went a week ahead of time so we could see Sydney. Um, so a lot of my international travel, these days, because I'm trying not to leave my family, like I'm leaving, I'm going to get there on Thursday and I'm going to start working on Friday. Like there's no gap. Aaron, for example, went a couple days early. He went to Stonehenge. I, you might have seen pictures of him at Stonehenge. So Eric, went, I mean, Aaron had never been to London before and so he wanted to do a little bit of sightseeing so he did some sightseeing. Um, probably after my kids are off in college, uh, I will bring my wife along on more. I probably will travel a little bit more, bring my wife along, and maybe we'll, we'll go early and do some of the, the sightseeing. Because while well, I have been to a lot of countries, my wife has been to less countries than I have been. Um, so uh, the pre-con is uh, notes on the city, notes on... Um, oh, usually there are also notes... Like, for example, I'm flying into Heathrow, 
and it turns out I'm far away from where our site is. So there's information about how to get to the hotel and stuff like that. There's a lot of just um, basically the things you need to, to function. Um, and one of the things that, is, from a behind-the-scenes standpoint, is um, while there's some excitement to traveling, like it's fun to travel, and then one of the reasons that I know R&D tries to give everybody an opportunity is it is traveling is exciting. You get to go to other cities around the world, and you get to meet magic players, and I mean that is just overall a really fun experience. But it is a lot of work. It is very tiring. Um, uh, the way it works is if we work over a weekend, um, you can take some. When you get back, you're allowed to take a day or two off. Uh, since you worked over the weekend. Um, so normally what happens is uh, if you travel, when you get back, you get a day or two to crash. Um, if, the time cha- if there's a time change, it gives you a little opportunity to, to readjust. Like I'm going to London. That's an eight-hour time change, I believe. So, And I'm going to London for a short period of time. I, today is Wednesday. Uh, I'll get there Thursday morning, and then I leave Monday, Monday afternoon. So it is a... Uh, anyway, definitely a... Uh, Quite, quite the, quite the, uh, quite the event to do. Um, anyway, a lot of what I was trying to say today is sort of just get, let, let you in on like there's a lot of moving pieces behind the scenes of doing travel. It's something we think is important, something we prioritize. Um, but it's like I said, we want it to seem on the surface to be very smooth, you guys. But uh, and like I, I, I uh, I'm almost at work, so I don't, I don't have time to tell all the uh, the crazy behind the scenes stories. But uh, um. Here's I'll do one real quick. Is so I'm um, I'm in charge of the final day at the Pro Tour, and um, I my job is to get the top eight, to give them all the information, so they show up the following day to be at because they we have to run the top eight and stuff. Um, so anyway, I do the top eight. I give everybody the message. I say be here tomorrow at eight o'clock. Blah blah blah. And then I come to find out that there was a mistake made and the top eight was wrong. That there was a player in the top eight, uh, Scott Johns, apparently, uh, who uh, his, his score got recorded wrong. And one of the people that I talked to, one of the people that I talked to and said, be here tomorrow at 8 o'clock, wasn't actually in the top eight. And I had to scramble to try to find that person. Uh, and um, after that, I started getting contact information. And at the time, this is cell phones weren't super prevalent yet. Uh, I did not get contact information for people, and so I had no way to contact them. So I had to show up early in the morning and find this person and let them know that they weren't going to play, uh, which was a pretty heartbreaking thing to do. Um, but uh, but anyway, okay, I'm now at work. So I am off. Uh, I'm shortly, I, mean, I, I run and grab a few things, but I'm off to the airport. So the next time you hear from me, uh, I will have come back from London and I will share with you all the fun times I had at London. So anyway, I'm very excited. Um, and uh, it's I'm here. I'm here at Wizards. So you know what that means? It means this is the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. I'll see you guys next time.